0: Hey everybody, what's up? This is Al Mega and um very happy here to have a, a wonderful guest that has a dope new movie that's dropping September 23rd with an amazing cast, all right? I mean, we, we're talking some dope actors here. We have a legend like Thomas James, for example, A, and we've this very talented man that is, that is a writer, he's a producer, and of course the director, Mr. Asher. Levin, how you doing, kiddo?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be on here. Uh, you going to that- talk about some comic book shit, too?
0: Yeah, yeah. If you love comics, I definitely want to know your early inspiration because this is Comic crusade podcast, and I know this is a short one, but I definitely want to know um a, a bit about your, the origins. of No, your by fandom. by
1: the way, by the way, we could take our time. This is the last one for a little bit. If you want to roll, I'm good until twelve thirty, so you take your
0: time, man. All right, let's rock and roll then. So yeah, give me, give me some early origins of your fandom.
1: Um, well, as far as comic book stuff, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna reserve that for my son because my son's six and a half, and he's. He's a bigger comic book fan than me. Uh, I, I mean, my comic book stuff was—I was actually more of a of a action and gangster guy myself personally. Um, my comic book stuff started really with like, you know, watching Tim Burton's Batman for the first time. I'm 42, so from that point on, anything that came out, anything that was around. Um, but uh, but I, I love seeing the world a second time through with my son because he has all the books. He's got—I got the Marvel and like. Encyclopedia, the DC Encyclopedia. You know, he likes to invent stuff. He makes his own comic books. He's, uh, fine. he's, yeah, he's, he's, he knows all about all the different, you know, fringe characters and everything. It's a blast. And then, and obviously, Thomas is like not only a comic book legend as far as an actor but also just as far as even in the
0: comic book world which is oh yeah absolutely awesome. so, absolutely yeah. i mean he was, he's the punisher one of my favorite punishers oh yeah ever. yeah
1: yeah he's <laughs> made, and he's made some of his own comic books too
0: yes he has he, yeah, oh by is, the way no
1: disrespect to john bernthal he is the punisher
0: there's only <laughs> one Punisher. all right that's our punisher right? <laughs> that's our
1: punisher that's
0: right yeah i i get yeah, 100 high high five on that one so <laughs> all right so then talk about then your early steps into creating like sure like, what, what, what um that?
1: man i uh i grew up in los angeles um i have uh family that was in different types of the movie business my my uh my mom's dad was in the adult entertainment business in the 60s oh. and 70s oh
0: what? yeah uh, <laughs> yep. and
1: my dad's dad uh was um he worked with steve mcqueen uh and uh and and made some cool movies uh wow. and then um and so i was sort of always around on the producing side of stuff yep. uh um and uh and then my dad uh you know worked as an advertising entertainment world and, and my mom uh, you know, went to school for screenwriting and, uh, you know, runs big entertainment, environmental organizations. So I always had it sort of in my surface. Uh, but I just always loved watching movies, honestly. Um, from the time I was one years old and, um, and to my grandfather, my mom's dad got me into watching old gangster movies, uh, okay. to, you know, old, old, the Howard, the Howard Hawks movies and, um, all the Warner Brothers gangster movies to start out okay. with. And then I slowly worked my way to Hitchcock. And then after that, Corsesi Kubrick and and then really start learning about, you know, uh the Walter Hills and the uh you know the William Friedkins and the Clint Eastwoods and stuff, sort of uh, oh, yeah, Sergio yeah, yeah. Leone and all that other good stuff. So, you know, I've I think I've seen, you know, one thing kinship I'm sure with you is is uh and with Thomas is I have a affinity for both high and low cinema. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> and that's my sort of and, and I, I, I I, am, I embrace, I, I'm not an official fanboy, but I probably am. Um, that word wasn't around, I'm 42, so it, that, yeah. that started later Later for us, you and I. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, we
0: were getting beat up for being
1: a geek. Right, right, but I lived, <laughs> I lived and breathed it. I mean, you know, I start, I loved all the Tim Burton movies. I loved the Sam Raimi movies when I was a kid. Uh, oh. Actually, A Simple Plan was, a uh, I, and I didn't say this on any other interview, so I'll give it to you. A Simple Plan was one of the main influences for Dick, for me yeah, and performance and everything. Uh, and Raimi in general is one of these guys um, that I think uh, you know. I, I you know De Palma, Rami, freaking uh, these are some some filmmakers that I think deserve more shout out than they get.
0: Yeah, oh, it's agreed. easy to
1: it's easy to get out, you know, get on and talk about the influences of Scorsese or Soderbergh, or Tarantino. Yeah. It's sort of like <clears throat> they're the best, of top forty. Um, but I think that, you know, and I know people are rediscovering Raimi now a little bit, yes. but, um, and which is cool. But my first favorite comic book movie was Darkman. Oh, and yeah. Wasn't uh, that amazing
0: when it came right?
1: out? And my dad showed me Army of Darkness when I was like eight years old. I
0: saw in the that theaters. movie
1: fucking blew my <laughs> mind. I saw it in theaters. I mean, when he gets tied up uh, Sullivan's travel style, you know, yeah, and, right? <laughs> and, and they're all trying to chop him. And, and so, I mean, on the
0: big screen, I, didn't it look amazing?
1: oh man those movies are so great um uh and then um you know and then i was into you know along with that also really into the action movies because i was you know i'm 42 so i was seven eight years old and watching die hards one of my favorite movies uh you know all the shane black movies that came out um you know dick donner films and and then you know the schwarzenegger stuff um
0: yes, and, and, everything and everything Stallone, Yeah. All of them. Early, Let's,
1: early Seagal before it got uh, weird. You know. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, skinny
0: Seagal. <laughs> skinny Seagal. That's right.
1: So I mean, I I think those are informative. And then on the other side, actually, you know, and I think some of it comes through with my dialogue. I would. I've always been such a huge fan of Saturday Night Live and all the sort of, you know, world from it, uh and specifically the Reitman Ramis stuff uh you know vacations one of my top five uh (laughs) um, stripes is a a top 10 um and uh that irreverent tone uh i think carries over even in some of emile's dialogue in this film uh and it and and definitely in slayers uh there's a a sort of anarchistic element in dialogue with those early uh Reitman Ramis films, the the you know the Bill Murray movies where yeah uh and a and a Gen X aesthetic. Uh I am at the I vi- am the very cutoff on of December twenty-seventh, nineteen seventy five. And I say I'm Gen X. I'm not millennial and and, yeah. and nowhere near uh, that. I'm um, Gen X certified.
0: I'm 75. Yeah, no, Yeah.
1: and I think that <laughs> we see the world a little bit differently to be honest.
0: Yes. Uh, we do. I think we
1: have a lot of apprehension and I think we turn that apprehension into Uh, a reverence and and cynicism in a, in the best kind of way.
0: But I think that's also because how we were born into it again, you know, we were young enough to get into the tech as it was being birthed, if you will. So we took the ride with technology. Well, these kids, they're being born with it. Right. We took the ride with it, but we also lived outside because it was on a floor at that time, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I mean, most of my early years, and specifically my junior high years, I was out, you know, skating around and getting fucked up and and uh, and, and being like Living. a few blocks away from my house you know and not having a phone i didn't there was no phones yet you know I, 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 I was i was very <laughs> responsible i would uh i'd go out and i would call my mom this is my deal i would call her every hour to on a pay phone hey. say i'm alive you know
0: and then that was that
1: was pretty much that you know
0: yeah, of course, um, we, could pick, we picked up pay phones that everybody else was touching with, without using sanitizer. <laughs> yeah,
1: 100%. Yeah. <laughs> we, did think, we did things differently back then. I, we find out about parties at a
0: gas station, you know? You know, hey, and, but talking about a party, this is the party, this is fire, because you got a fire cast, and, and you were mentioning the cinematography. But let me tell you, I wanted to compliment you on that. There was this particular scene when, I was it, Indiana was talking? Yeah uh uh to to uh, um, parlor yeah right and in the bathroom and the way oh, you yeah. captured her face like even even i know she was talking a little nuts but it's the way you captured her like it really pulled through the screen like this lady is insane but this company yeah. reminded me was mickey and mallory not the one of the time people said enough. that
1: quite a few times people said that quite a few times um yeah, uh, that scene was uh, something that I had put in. Um, the writers wrote a, a really fantastic screenplay, uh, but the characters were not those characters. It was a, uh, it was a couple dirty cops. Um, oh, it is. And uh, a yeah, a typical. And, uh, the, <laughs> the core of the core of the the um, the core of the film was really the father and the daughter, which was beautiful. And Thomas yeah. and Harlow, I, I was just talking about this on another interview. I, I I didn't direct that. Their father and daughter and some of the scenes in the movie that really are uh true drama are so real. And and also credit to Harlow. Um she's fucking amazing and was able to be to be there. She was able to be present, you know, as yeah. an actor. Uh but that and, and that even goes into that scene. Uh she's not saying a word, but we know everything she's saying, right? And Liana is a powder keg. Uh, I spotted her early in my career. I did a lot of digital stuff for a long time. And I knew her through some, uh, a Hulu series she did with a digital company called Awesomeness. And then I saw her through friends of mine's uh, movie, Banana Split. And I knew that there was more than just sort of girl next door uh, vibes with her. Yes. Um, and uh, and then um, she, I had a read with a bunch of other girls, but I kind of always had, had my eye on her mostly. And um, one thing she does really great <laughs> and kind of terrifying is she could go from being really small to really big uh, and and not telegraph it. So what you're talking about in that scene is very much that. Um, and the seduction of it, I think there's you know, there's there's two companion scenes There's that scene and then an earlier scene with a gun yeah. uh, that are that are seduction scenes really with the two of them um, and uh, and and my the mind games that she plays clearly. Uh, it, she has a lot of agency in this film as a as a, a female villain. Uh and she uses it in a lot of different ways and and the scene is a really good example of it. Um but you don't really know who she is. She's a cipher. And I think that what's fun is that Emile's character is kind of um you know, he's a little bit of a cuck to to a certain degree, you know. Oh, yes, mean, is.
0: oh, oh my God. Got, god. <laughs> and, There's a and, scene, folks. Oh my oh, god. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: And, um, and I, and it wouldn't have worked if she didn't really understand how to do it. Yeah. You know, Emil obviously can do anything, but without the right scene partner, forget about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that, you know, that scene in the bathroom is a really good, you know, distillation of the fact that she is the chief villain in the film. Um, you know, she's the driver and, um, not in a sort of negative way, in a sort of, uh, I would say an entrepreneur uh, <laughs> entrepreneuristic way. Yeah. Uh, and I, I love, but visually, I, yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff was drawn out. Uh, my cinematographer, Steven, I've worked with a few times, uh, you know, did such a nice job in the movie. And I talked about it in a uh, previous interview. But, um, you know, one of the things I wanted that we talked about a lot was to make the middle of the movie feel um, like there's no time of day. Uh, so we did a lot of stuff where we would shoot uh ends of days and beginnings of days to give it a magic hour look uh for scenes we would shoot one half and then we would shoot another half later uh the other proxy of that is that the wind was really terrible that that
0: That must have been insane what circle when were you filming
1: uh it was in the spring of 2021. so uh the wind was really tough and so once i realized that we weren't able to shoot all scenes all the time and we would have to do coverage and come back then immediately, I think it was that the scene uh, where they come into the RV and then uh, they and then he fires the straight bullet. Um We shot that over three days because I had a lot of shots. And then after the first day, after the I said uh, uh, my line producer, my A.D. actually was like, hey, should we push something else so we could finish the scene? I said, no, 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 no. Actually, what I want to do is I want to split this up the rest of it into a few days so that we can have it look like it's magic hour the whole time. So. um you know, I think this movie is mostly night and magic hour, most of it. We shot this movie mostly from about 2.30 to 2.30 and sometimes 3.00 to 3.00 wow. and sometimes 4.00 to 4.00 and sometimes wow. 6.00 to 6.00 uh, and then it got to 8.00 to 8.00. It was a it was a late night shoot.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, so, uh, so yeah, fun. <laughs> uh,
1: it was. Hey, listen, you know, it was great for not get everyone getting COVID because nobody was going out. Yeah. um and nobody was seeing anyone um and it was like a little trick i did t- to make sure that we didn't get into covid t- positives is that I, everyone was just sort of stuck on this <laughs> yeah,
0: you have no choice now but to yeah. film folks uh make it happen Excellent. So, Excellent. Right. what would you tell people why they got to watch this film when it drops on september 23rd it's a great
1: movie the performances are amazing i'm gonna start there Movie it is, uh, you know, it's very hard to pull off a film like this when there's only four actors for most of the movie. And so all the actors are amazing. Um, I don't think people have seen a movie quite like this in a long time. You know, there's elements of funny games and elements of desperate hours. It's, you know, it's a, a very different kind of home assault movie, but it also has a really strong heart. Uh, there's a there's trauma. Uh, there's a really strong father-daughter relationship that is very... We've all gone through the pandemic. Um, We've all had health issues. We know how it affects families. Um, we know how tragedy affects families. There's been so many shootings, um, and so I think that this movie has a really nice way of creating a very tight Hitchcock thriller, but also addressing those themes about how do we come back together after our family is ripped apart?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, you know, uh, Emil and Liana's characters are agents of chaos. They really are in this film. And they are trying to the fabric of this very American family, uh, father and daughter who have been displaced, who are struggling, who there's no mother, uh, and, um, and tragedy has has destroyed their relationship. Yeah, very uh, tragic so,
0: indeed. So very tragic. Supposed-
1: <laughs> and so I think that, you know, for people who want to be thrilled, but also sort of look inward and, and have a cathartic experience where they might relate to a lot of the, the stuff happening, to our leads. I think it's a really great movie for that. And it's fucking fun as shit. I mean, the set pieces are really fun and, you know, come for the performances. I mean, honestly, they're all amazing. Thomas has never been better. Harlow is a revelation. Liana is fucking insane. And Emil is Emil. Yes. I mean, Emil is, <coughs> this is, this is top tier A AAA plus Emil Hirsch. If you guys want to see uh, a, a mammoth of an actor in process, you know, he's that, that, that is, this is this should be a, a very nice coming out party uh, for him to remind people that he is in the uh, upper echelon of working performers. And with Thomas, uh, this is just a great leading man role for him. I, oh, yeah. I, I think that sometimes he likes to do character stuff, he's done it with me before, but this is a, a true blue, Clint Eastwood, Robert Mitchum, <coughs> Kevin Costner, you know, performance. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of, of all those guys and just the essence, little Harrison Ford, um in terms of <laughs> of of being that old dog yeah. and and being protective of your cubs and then fucking awakening and showing your strength and yeah. i think that um you see that with movies like taken and stuff uh yeah. but it's it, it's seeing thomas do it. yeah he's he's it's it's so cool he's yeah. such a hero man he's he's been a hero forever but I think you know this is an internal hero, and it's something really relatable.
0: Yeah, it's more of him being an everyman type of hero. You know, you see all these other films, all these guys are super spies. That he's not that. You know, he's just a regular, a regular Joe that you know, unfortunately, is in some bad circumstances. 100%.
1: One hundred percent. So, you know, if you like a, a little, you know, a little family drama with your with your blood and your gore <laughs> and a little bit of uh, kinky kinky sex, uh, you know, enjoy enjoy the film. Uh, uh, dig into I mean, dig,
0: you know, baby. <laughs> yeah, dig
1: into dig. It's a it's a lot of fun. It's it's what honestly it's what genre films should be. They haven't made them like this in a long time. I like movies from seventies and eighties that are like this. It um, shows. It shows yeah, I so guess much. That, it yeah. does,
0: my brother, because yeah, I, I thoroughly I enjoyed that. it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and you're right, that hits it on the head. It's very that's 70s, 80s style, but yeah, good way, folks, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> in a way that you guys should be watching more of these movies, you know, because there's, uh, there's a lot to learn. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, all these huge filmmakers like Tarantino always talk about, they even have a podcast now, you know, about sort of elevated exploitation films and stuff like that, but the genre films, of the 1970s specifically are uh are are really what our movies today are defined on. Yeah, I mean the right. biggest director in the world was a genre filmmaker in the 70s and uh you know and 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 hopefully one day uh I could you know make bigger and bigger projects but still embrace the way that you know guys like Spielberg and Scorsese do the roots of sort of shoveling shit and making small movies and <laughs> making sure that there's good performances and cool camera work, you know.
0: Hey, but it, it, that manure brings up good soil, that which, you know, yeah. good roots, you know, solid foundations. It's all right, bro. Yeah. One step at a time, you got it. Yeah. It's all right. Yep. I yep. see you as a superstar because I know you teased it just a tad, but, you know, before we go, you also have another little project with Tom once again. Yeah, dropping I sword.
1: do. I do.
0: You know, called Slayers. Uh, so. Can you tell us <laughs> a little bit about, about that before that, we go?
1: Sure, absolutely. And we can get on again if you want to even talk about that too. But uh, Slayers is very different. It is um a three sixty on this. <laughs> it's a full three sixty on this. This it is a um it's more in the vein of it's true fanboy shit. It's like okay. oh, someone compared it to Repo Man by way of near dark.
0: Oh no way. Okay. Oh yeah. <clears throat> oh my god. Legendary. It's wild.
1: It's a little bit Looney Tunes, it's a little bit John Carpenter, I mean, it's a little Mel Brooks, it's it, it's fucking yeah. nuts. I mean so it, it, for any, I'll say that for anybody who's a real fanboy, uh, October 21st, your minds are going to be fucking blown. Uh, <laughs> and we can, we can, that that'll be it to be continued for our next one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In the it'd meantime, go see yeah. Dig.
0: Dig. Absolutely. Is fun
1: as shit. It will make your blood race and it'll remind you what it is and what's important to you.
0: Absolutely. It's yep. September twenty third. Don't forget folks, September I'm gonna drop the trailer and the link so you Boom. can get your tickets today. All right, you know yes. what it is. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing. This is Al yes, sir. And Mr. Seven, yes, and we are at right. la próxima. Thank you.